Good morning, everyone. Happy uh, Thursday. I hope you guys are starting your days off on the right track and having a great start. Um, I wanted to continue the uh, most frequently asked questions that we get at roundtables and when people are like, I have this dying question that I need to ask you. Um, and so this may be you in your business right now and you're trying to make a decision um, and you want some insight on that decision. And so the decision that I'm going to hopefully help you make um, is about that employee that you're not sure about right? You're not sure if you onboarded them well because you're kind of busy. Uh, you're not sure if you set proper expectations and kind of the role has changed a little bit. Um, you know, you like them, but sometimes they don't buy into some of the things that you've, uh, that you've said that you want to do in terms of the vision of the business. Um, and, uh, and you're just not really sure what to do with them. You know what I mean? And so <laughs> uh, I want to um, hopefully give you some context for how to make these decisions. Uh, because we have hired and fired a lot of people um, at gym lunch. And, um, you know, the nice thing is that we have had very, very, very few people quit. Um, like very few. I think we've had under under eight people quit. And we've hired probably 100 and probably 160, 180 people. Um, and so we let people go. Right. Um, and we do that uh, for a variety of reasons. And uh, I will break them down for you. So uh, a saying to kind of set the tone for this, I heard from my good friend, uh, Bart Miller. Um, and he said, I've never fired someone and not found someone better. Interesting thought. So if you think about it right now, the fear is, well, will I find someone better? He has never. And this goes for me, too. I've never fired someone and not someone found someone better to replace them. Right. Is typically because we don't want to go through the cost of the time to find someone new. When in reality, the employee that we have is costing us more than the cost of finding the new employee, right? That would come to replace them. And what I have found over time is that if I think about firing someone, I always eventually fire them. And so the time between me thinking about firing them and actually firing them since we've had more experience in business has just significantly shrank. Right. Because at the end of the day, like now, as soon as I, I think it to myself, I'm like, yeah, yeah, they're just not a fit. Right. Like they're just or they're just not good enough. Right. And so this kind of reflects back to the zero tolerance mentality um, of how you need to run the business or your department or whatever it is, which is like, how much will you tolerate? Right. Like how how poor of performance will you tolerate before you say no? Right. And like the reason Steve Jobs and some of these huge entrepreneurs were so successful is because they just wouldn't put up with that. And so they're like, don't bring that shit to me. Like they knew they set the bar so high that like people had to just do everything to measure up to their standards. And anyone who wasn't was cut immediately just like that. Right. And so um, one of the other things that's kind of big in, in terms of like making these decisions is that like there, there is, there's a time to let someone go and there's a time to re onboard. Okay. So I'll try and parse out the difference. If someone, questions your authority or disrespects you or disrespects you in front of your team or is not bought in to when you want to make changes, things like that, they're gone. Right. And the reason for that is because that's an, that's an act attitude thing. That's a character thing that is not going to change. Right. And not anytime soon. And they're costing you more in the cancer uh, that they exist in the business and the doubt and the seeds that they're sowing. Um, in your business that are negative, like seeds of doubt that they're sowing in the rest of your clients, the rest of your employees, the whole organization, right? So if it's a character issue, boom, they should be gone immediately, right? Now, if it's a performance issue, there's typically three reasons why the performance won't be good. Either they don't know what you want, 
they don't know how to do what you want. So they know what you want, but they don't know how to do it. Or uh, they do know what you want. They know how to do it and they're not motivated, right? So there's really three pieces. It's the communication piece, it's the skill piece, and then there's the motivation, right? And so trying to figure out which is the missing link with them is kind of the next piece. So assuming they have the character traits in terms of they have they are a cultural fit, which for a small business, typically the skills that you need to teach someone are not overly complex. And so when you're hiring for a small business, you're really just looking for personality traits, right? You're looking for a cultural fit. And one of the key components to looking for cultural fit is not saying I'm going to find people who are just like me because then you hire super scattered ADD, semi-entrepreneurial people who can be a pain in the ass, right? And so instead, you don't need to find people who have personality traits that are similar to you, but have similar values. Right? There are people who are very quiet, who are very reserved, who don't like selling, who have the same values as I do. Right, And so understanding the difference there because you don't want people who are exactly like you because then there's two of you and one of you isn't needed. Right, And so especially when you're, when you're bringing people on, making sure that they have the cultural, like that they're bought into the same values as you is, makes all the difference in the world. So right now, if you haven't written down your values of what you stand for, and these values should be the, the few, the five, maybe six values that you live your life with inside of work and outside of work because you should never be different, right? And so if you have these values, you can speak them to people and people will either say like, yeah, I'm down for that or like, no, I'm not. And your value should be things that people disagree with, right? They sh the more polar they are, the more they are your real values, right? And what happens is when you make your values polar, you bring people in who do actually have your beliefs, right? And then it's not the fake beliefs, but the real beliefs that you have. And then all of a sudden, when they're presented with information, the same information you're presented, they make the same decisions. And that's ultimately how you can scale service by scaling your culture by scaling your values, right? So back to the back to the decision of like, should they stay or should they go, right? Um, if they're not a cultural fit, they're an asshole. They uh, they under undermine you. They you know they talk bad behind your back. They uh, you know they go. You, you want to launch a new program and they're whispering to the the clients like, nah, it's not going to be that good. Or or like they roll their eyes at a meeting like, here we go again, like that kind of thing. Gone, gone. I don't know how to say that. Gone, right? And you need to do that to set the fucking tone, right? Because like, this is your business and people need to know that, all right? Now that being said, it doesn't mean being a dick, right? But like, there is a tone that needs to be set. I, um, I worked with a person for a short period of time who ran trainers fairly well. And uh, I remember he's like, uh, he's like, we need to do a trainer meeting. And I was like, okay, cool. And uh, it was at like, I can't remember, it was like 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. or something, whatever. And it was at one of the locations that was further away. And so we drove there and uh, at nine o'clock on the dot, he locked the door to the gym. And there were trainers outside banging, right? And uh, all he did, he just went outside. He's like, all of you are fired. Real quick, guys, if you can think about how you found this podcast, somebody probably tweeted it, told you about it, shared it on Instagram or something like that. The only way this grows is through word of mouth. And so I don't run ads, I don't do sponsorships, I don't sell anything. My only ask is that you continue to pay it forward to whoever showed you or however you found out about this podcast that you do the exact same thing. So if it was a review, if it was a post, if you do that, it would mean the world to me and you'll throw some good karma out there for another entrepreneur. And then we went in upstairs to the meeting to everyone who was on time. He's like, <laughs> he held the meeting and the fucking tone in that room was like, oh shit, right? And it was like, oh my God, like this just got real, 
right? And so that's the point here is that like, you have to have authority in the business. If someone is undermining your authority, they're gone, right? Now, if someone is not that, they are they are a culture. So if you're in that, so you're like, oh, they're kind of like that, like just be done with it. Let me like help you make the decision. It's over. If you consistently thinking about firing them, you're gonna fire them anyway. Stop dragging it out. Now, if you have someone and it's a performance issue, it's either because they don't know what you want, which honestly happens all the time because you're not, typically, especially a lot of small businesses aren't good at communicating things. Entrepreneurs in general tend to not be good at communicating. They say one thing, they walk away and they expect someone to know it, right? It happens all the time. I think uh, Layla says the biggest myth in communication, the biggest myth in communication is that someone thinks it occurred, right? You say something, you think you communicate it and they have no idea what we're talking about, right? So one, do they know what you want? Two, do they know how to do what you want the way you want them to do it? Three, are they motivated, right? And so the how do you tell them like what you want them to do, it is telling them and it is always documenting what you want them to do in writing, right? So like for us, if it's not written, it doesn't count. Like that's like how we we're like, that's how we believe things work, right? If it's not written down, if it's not an email, if it's not a summary of a conversation that follow, like that follows up a conversation, it didn't happen, right? And we don't even expect people to do it because we just know people, we know better than that. Right. And so if you have a system like Asana or something like that, that you manage tasks in, then it would even further follow up into tasks that they need to be need to be done. Right. And so one, do they know what you want? And if they if you communicate that to them, you say it and then you follow up in writing. Next, do they know how to do what you want? Do they have the skills to do what you need them to do? Now, that could be from past experience. If you're trying to hire somebody who's a little bit higher level, um, unlikely for most people running small businesses. And so if someone's coming in, how did you train them? Right. And typically, people are undertrained. They're overexpected and undertrained. So, how did you train this person? How many like real examples did they go through? Did they, like how did you teach them? If you think about it, like a school class, like did you give them a presentation where they're taking notes and it's a consistent presentation so they understand? And then you had them demonstrate it back to you, and then you had them do it again, and then you had them do it again. Um, because if you do that and then you walk with them with someone live through this experience, whether it's answering the phone, whether it's, uh, making outbound calls, whether it's selling, whether it's coaching a class, like they need to know what it looks like when it's right. Recordings are amazing for this because it takes, you no time and they can absorb what ideal scene looks like, right? Cause you can paint that for them. Right. And then once they've seen a bunch of recordings, then you can do a ride along where they're riding with you on the hip, right? They're on your hip. They're walking with you, right? Doing whatever it is, whether it's training sessions, whether it's answering phones, like I said, like any of those things, they're, they're riding with you, right? And then after that, you do a ride along, but reverse. Now it's a learner's permit. Like you're driving, but now I'm in the passenger seat. you like, whoa, 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 don't do that, right? Whoa, whoa, whoa. what did you just do that, right? Um, so I can correct in real time so we can get the behaviors up, right? And then after that, then they have their training wheels. And now when they have their training wheels, that's when you still are talking to them once or twice a day if they're new so that you can make sure that the expectation that you've set is being met. And let me be real with you. Most people have no fucking clue what they're supposed to be doing. They have no clue. They got hired for this job. The boss talked to them for like 30 minutes and then they just like went back to their desk and were like, okay, so I think think he wants me to, right? You should like, think about it from their perspective. They saw an ad, they interviewed, they got the job, and then you spent 30 minutes with them and said, hey, watch some of these videos, all right? And then good to go, let me know if you have any questions. They don't wanna bother you. They're like, they don't wanna bother you. They're like, ah, shit, I just don't wanna get fired. And then and then they just try and like stay hidden. Cause they're like, I just, I just don't wanna, I just don't want them to realize that I'm here, 
right? I just, I just want to, I just want to get paid and just like not fuck up. And by not, and by wanting to not fuck up, they just don't do anything. Right. And then you're like, and then three weeks later, you're like, what the hell? Like, why aren't they doing anything? Freaking employees, man. They just, it's freeloaders. They just, you know, just expect to get paid and not work. Right. When in reality, they just never were onboarded, didn't know what you wanted them to do, didn't know how to do it. A lot of them were motivated because that's why they got the job. Now, please don't be wrong. There's plenty of lazy people, but like most people would like to keep their job. And so like, if you just give them a clear path to win, then they will. Right. So, um, big recap on this. If you have this person in your business that you are not sure about, uh, if you don't know, you know, it's just like marriage. If you don't know, you know, let them go. If it's something that's cultural or behavior, like, uh, or, or personality wise, like gone. Right. Now the only, so now that's probably like two thirds of the people who are thinking about firing someone, just fucking get them out the door. All right. Be done with it. All right. Give my, my, you have my blessing. All right. Now for the remainder, you're like, man, they're, they're bought in. Like they really are bought in. They love what we do here. Like, I think they're a fit. Okay. Their role has probably changed several times since they've been working with you because you've evolved as an entrepreneur. Things have changed. The business has evolved. And so you probably haven't re-updated them or re-onboarded them. And so just going through this will just max massively increase your ROI on that human being's time, right? They're a human, which means there's another person who's working in your business. So you can get a lot of productivity out of someone who has clearly defined goals and has the skills to do the thing, right? And so one, re-onboarding through communicating with them and having it written down. In the short term, if it's a project, then it's gonna be an email. If it's a long-term thing, like a huge role change, then it's gonna be a one-page summary of their new role descriptions, et cetera, all right? Once they have a clear understanding of their role, then you have to teach them the skills, all right? That's where you first give them the recording so they have an understanding, then you like you present, you give recordings, then they do uh, a ride along with you, then you do a ride along with them, and then they get training wheels where you're touching base with them every day, sometimes twice a day. And after that, then you can decrease your, your cadence with them so that it's two or three times a week, and then eventually you can get to weekly. And then it pretty much never stays beyond weekly. Uh, I mean, never goes less than weekly after that. So um, hopefully, tactically, uh, if you're listening right now and you're not sure about what to do with an employee, you can know whether you want to let them go or how to get them re-onboarded and back in the fray um, so that they can do great. And uh, never be afraid to let people go because I've, um, I've never let someone go and not found someone better. And uh, I will say that productivity of a team typically always increases after uh, someone is let go. And you also do it out of respect for everyone else on the team. Like if you have three A players and there's a C player, like that C player drags the whole team down. Like it is a team, not a family. And so if you're like, we're a family here, like you need to get that out of your lexicon because like you pay someone, right? You probably don't fire your kids, but you will fire someone if they don't perform. So I just don't think it's worth having the, the, fake, the fake family because you're not. There's a paycheck that separates you. The dynamic of your relationship will always be one of someone who's getting paid versus paying someone else. And so it's like, this is a team. You had to try out to be here and you got to consistently play to get game time, right? Like, that's it. And then like, if you're not, you're not on the field, then like, I don't know, like, that's it. There's like, that's why there are teams and people get cut from teams. And so if you run yours like a team, um, actually, you know what, I'm going to go into a little anecdote. Many of us in fitness played for teams. A lot of us played for high-level teams. And you've known what a good coach is like, and you know what a bad coach is like, right? You're like, man, and some of you had the fortunate like uh, circumstance of having a bad team and then having a new coach come in who was a good coach, and then the team turns around. So you know the, you know the feeling of what it's like to have a high-performance team where there's expectations where you want to make the coach proud. There's a vibe of high-performance. 
That is what it should feel like in the business. If it does not feel that way, then it means that you lack the skills to create that environment within your business. And so um, one of the first ways to do that is to get the bad players off the team um, so that you can rebuild. So anyways, hope you guys have an amazing Thursday. Um, Keep being awesome. Lots of love. And uh, I'll get you guys on the flip side. All right, bye.